Welcome back, college football fans. It is Brennan, and beside me is my co-host, Barack, and we're bringing you the 11th episode of the Play Action Pod. If you're new and wondering what we're all about, um, we're just two average, very average dudes who like to talk about football, so we decided to start a podcast at the beginning of this season. And uh, yeah, we crank out two episodes a week for our listeners you know, Wednesday today is more of like a preview viewer's guide. You know, we give our uh, picks for the weekend. Um, we come up with a list for like the top five games to look out for. And Sunday is where we uh, recap the games and inform you of any other significant news. We appreciate you guys so much. We can get lots of feedback telling us that, you know, we're not that entertaining. Um, so we appreciate all the positive feedback. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we've been working on reaching a new audience. Um, check out our socials. Um, Instagram, it's the at uh, the play action pod, and Twitter. I know I know Brock's been pretty active on Twitter. Been having some interactions on there. If you want to tell us about that. No, yeah. So on Twitter, we are play action pods. Plural. P O D S. Yeah, it's uh, Twitter doesn't. Twitter allows like fifteen <laughs> character ter- character um, name usernames. Yeah. yeah. So I had to go with play action pods because play action pod was taken. And Don't be mistaken; do. it's only, it's only one podcast. Yeah, it's not multiple. Yeah, so I can't. Yeah, I couldn't do play action pod because that was taken, and the play action pod is too long. Yeah. So yeah, we're just we're. We've just been having it. some interactions on there. No, yeah, it's been fun. You know, yeah. talking with uh, talks with a Texas A M fan, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, UCLA, shout out. UCLA fan was pretty cool as well. We'll have to shout out some so. usernames sometime, you know? No, yeah. If we have interactions on Twitter. Yeah. You should pull up that one guy's username. You know, they said he gave a listen. Oh, yeah. He shouted us out. But anyways, in the meantime, you should drop a follow to the podcast so that when we, you know, release the episode, you will get notified. But we'll also be posting um, on Instagram and stuff, giving you guys updates on there as well for when uh, we come out with these episodes. But it'll be every Wednesday and Sunday. Sunday is kind of a tricky one, you know, because if Brock's Raiders, if they lose, then usually we do it on Monday because he's in a pretty bad mood. It's okay, though. Uh, the Raiders are going to be 14-3 and three the rest of the okay, way. Okay, yeah. So I got I got 13 straight wins. Yeah. But, yeah, that homie's at was at uh, Does Johnny. Does Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, so. we appreciate you. We saw your comment. You said that he's been listening to the pod. and uh, Yeah, he's pretty cool. Pretty yeah, good dude. Really cool. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the pod. Okay, like we mentioned earlier, we give you guys a top five matchups for the weekend. We're going to start off with a hot one. SEC matchup, number eight, Tennessee, going at number 25, LSU. This is going to be 10 a.m. on ESPN at Tiger Stadium, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I think the line right now is Tennessee by two and a half. Um, History for these guys, LSU has won the last five matchups, and they've only played once in the last decade. That's kind of how things work. In the SEC, what we've come to discover, um, last meeting was November 11th in 2017 in Knoxville. LSU won 30-10, to 10, and that's when Danny Etling was the quarterback um, for LSU. It was a year before the Joe Burrow LSU era, and the last time that Tennessee won the matchup was back in 2005. This year, we get uh, Hendon Hooker and undefeated Tennessee with that powerful air raid offense, you know, 365 Yards a game, passing 400 or 48 and a half points per game, not 400. That would be that'd be pretty crazy. Versus first year coach 
Brian Kelly and Arizona trans- Arizona State transfer quarterback Jaden Daniels, you know, leading the team in passing and rushing yards for the Tigers. Definitely a great SEC matchup to kick things off for us on Saturday morning. No, yeah. So this is a. I think this is a really good test for this Tennessee Volunteers team. Uh, they're going to go away to to Death Valley, and I think Tennessee's really lucky that this game's at 10 a.m. I guess 12 Eastern time. So why is that? I think if this was a night game, I think everything changes because I think LSU at night is just a different experience. You okay. know, Death Valley, Death Valley is rocking. So you know, I think Tennessee's. Uh, I think they'll be happy playing a play it in day game in Death Valley, but this can be a tough one for them. I think LSU's really bounced back after after a tough loss to Florida State, a game that we should have at least gotten overtime, but you know, the kicker decided to. <laughs> to do his own thing, which yeah. is, you know, totally fine. But, yeah, so this, you know, if, if LSU wins that game against Florida State, you could be talking about, you know, potentially a top eight Tennessee versus maybe like a top 15, maybe even higher LSU. So Probably higher. Probably higher, maybe even like two top 10 they'd teams. Be, they'd probably be like 10 or 11, you know? Yeah, they'd be up there They'd for be sure. undefeated. So, yeah, but this is going to be a good game. You know, Hendon Hooker versus Jaden Daniels kind of. I've been on the Hendon Hooker train. I like the way he plays. You know, I like the way he controls the offense. You know, it's kind of, you know, he's making plays with his legs. You know, he's making plays with his arm. He kind of does it all for this Tennessee team, and and he's looked very, very impressive. You know, for the yeah. first couple weeks for me. And he just rises to the occasion when they need him to. You know, with that with that big win against Florida. You know, he had a monster game, and he's just had big games versus good teams this year. And I think Tennessee. You know, they might be the best team in the SEC East division. You know, they're kind of knocking on that door with, uh, you know, Georgia, who kind of had some weaknesses that we saw last week against Missouri. You know, and they've proven to be battle-tested. They got wins at Pitt and uh, at or, and then they played uh, Florida. Oh, yeah, that was at home. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They won at home against Florida. And, you know, they just can't really overlook this LSU game when they got Bama next week, you know, at home. So, you know, just, you know, just got to focus, you know, week at a time. Now, I think that's the the good thing about having LSU ranked this week for them is I feel like once you put a number next to somebody, the game just changes, you know, because then it's like two top 25 teams going at it. I know LSU is 25, but I don't I think even, it changes yeah. the preparation. And honestly, know? I don't even think that they should be ranked. No, yeah, you know, we, had, yeah, you we could make the, Yeah, we were talking about this on Sunday. You could make the case that, you know, maybe Florida State should be at 25 considering, you know, that they beat them earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, beat them head-to-head. So, yeah. yeah, but this is a big game for LSU and especially Brian Kelly because, you know, he was he was brought in to win games like this, you know, top 10 games at home in Death Valley. So I think Brian Kelly's going to be feeling the pressure for sure because, you know, if you start losing games like this, you know, we just saw the Wisconsin coach get fired who uh, had a winning record. He yeah. was like 67 and 25. Yeah. So, And I think he gets like nine wins every season, not, yeah. at least. So, you know, and I know the standards are just as high at LSU. So, you know, Brian Kelly's going to start feeling some pressure, you know, after he was feeling pressure after the loss to Florida State. Yeah. You know? So, you know, if you lose at, at home to Tennessee, I think it, you know, gets a little bit worse. And this is, you know, a big game, especially for Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Because, you know, he's he comes from the Arizona State – where he was like, you could see the potential in him. You could see him kind of elevating his game every year, but he just kind of, kind of wasn't all clicking for him. Uh-huh. It seems like it's semi-clicking for him this year, and he's he's been good for this LSU team so far. Yeah, and he hasn't had he hasn't thrown an interception yet this year. That was kind of an issue for uh, when he was at ASU last year. 
I know that he had 10 touchdowns throwing and also 10 interceptions. So it's nice to see him be more, you know, protective of the football. They also got three active running backs getting equal carries for LSU. Armani Goodwin, he had the hamstring in- injury uh, last. He didn't play last week against Auburn, so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, we'll see if he's playing this weekend. Also, would like to see, you know, some more production from Noah Kane, Josh Emery, and uh, Josh Williams. I know that the run game hasn't been too strong for LSU, considering that your quarterback is the rushing leader for the team. But, you know, the defense has been pretty solid all year, only allowing 14.8 points for a game. So, uh, And I think that the credit, you got to give credit to the LSU defense for, you know, their recent success, four wins in a row. Yeah, and I think the big thing for this LSU team going into this season was their star receiver, uh, Kayshawn Boutte. Boutte? B-O-U-T-T-E. Okay. So (laughs) I I assume that's how you'd say it, but... You know, he was he was expected to be a high first-round pick going into the season. And, you know, he's only got 11 catches for 97 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah. So I think LSU has to find a way to get him involved. You know, he's he's our best receiver for a reason. And, you know, we know a lot of great receivers have come through LSU. So he just needs to find a way to either get open or Jaden Daniels has to find a way to get him the ball. Or even Brian Kelly has to scheme things around getting him the football because – He's probably the best player on offense. Yeah. So they need to they need to find a way to get that worked out. But yeah, I think this LSU defense has been has been a pleasant surprise. You know, mm-hmm. I think holding Mississippi State to 16 points yeah. is a bigger accomplishment than most will believe because that air raid offense when it gets going for Mississippi State it's super tough to stop. So yeah, I think LSU this could be that game for them to kind of you know elevate their status in the SEC. You know, you're at home. You got a top ten team coming to come to your place. You know, you got your best players have to show up and play some football. Yeah. So, and I think you know, Jaden Daniels is primed to kind of have that that breakout game finally. Yeah. To kind of show that you know he has taken those steps. I think if there's a time to do it, it's right now. Absolutely. You know, show show what you can do, and you know, especially for Kayshawn, you know, if there's a time for you to come and play your best football game of the season, it's right now. You know, get this win over Tennessee and. We could see LSU, you know, making some noise. Yeah, and I'm kind of nervous for this Tennessee team. I mean, one being maybe overlooking this matchup, you know, against LSU, like we mentioned earlier. But also, you know, this defense has kind of struggled with dual-threat quarterbacks. You look back to when they played Florida, I think that Anthony Richardson had over 500 combined yards. And, uh, you know, they're allowing 19 points per game, which, I mean, that's pretty solid. But still, I'm, you know... Jane Daniels kind of has that similar play style to Anthony Richardson. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how things play out this weekend for that defense. No, yeah. And for Tennessee, I think it's all about, you know, Hendon Hooker. You know, he's been he's been the heart and soul of your football team. And he's made plays when you need him most. You know, I think back to that pit game on the road. Uh, I know he had the play that that sealed the game for him. So as a Tennessee fan, you're gonna want Hendon Hooker to play his best football, and he has been. And you know he's taken he's taking this offense to a new level for Tennessee, which I think has been very crucial. So for the defense, you know you got to hold Jaden Daniels in the pocket and make him throw. You know we haven't seen him make a mistake so far this year. I think if you keep him in the pocket and make him be a pocket passer, I think that's when you can finally see the yeah. mistakes kind of come in. And I think that'll be key for Tennessee if they want to get the win this weekend. Yeah, I wonder what changes he made to kind of just you know going from ten interceptions on the year and only ten touchdowns last year at Arizona State, you know, to zero this year. 
He's definitely been protecting the ball a lot better this year. He looked really uncomfortable for ASU. You know, the fit didn't seem right. You know, yeah. he seemed he seemed to be a little shaky, a little nervous in that system. And I think with Brian Kelly, I think Brian Kelly's just given him a lot more, you know, freedom to move the ball and kind of get out of the pocket, which I think is exactly what he needs. So I think for Tennessee, you know, you really got to keep him in the pocket. Yeah. You know, make him be a pocket passer and those mistakes will come. And I think that's going to be huge for Tennessee Yeah, if they want to, you know, win the football game. Yeah, I definitely don't think that the question marks for Tennessee is on offense. It's going to be on defense because, I mean, they got lots of weapons on offense. I mean, Jalen Carter, that sophomore running back, he's getting about equal touches as Jabari Small. So, I mean, yeah, a lot to look out for this weekend. Should we get into our predictions? You want to start us off? Yeah, this is a tough one. You know, I talked about it earlier. If this is a night game in Death Valley, I think it would have swayed my yeah. my decision a little bit because that oh, it's just so hard to play. Isn't that crazy how, like, the timing of a game can even, like, a f- play a factor? I just, I don't know. As a fan, I've always liked night games more. I just think the environment's, it's just crazier. Yeah. It's more wild. Yeah. But, you know, I think Tennessee will win this football game. Um, like I said, I think if it's a night game, I think it totally changes. I just think Hendon Hooker's been so good. You know, I saw I saw a graphic today of, him being in the top five for the Heisman conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, finally, dude, you know, mm-hmm. he, he deserves to be up there. He's been playing so good for this Tennessee team. And I think getting a win on the road in Death Valley only elevates that status, yeah. especially if he plays a good game. So okay. I like Tennessee to win this game. I think they'll cover two. Wow. I got him Wait, by a touchdown. Yeah. Is it two and a half or three? I have it as three. Oh, yeah, it's three. So I like him to win by a touchdown. Okay. Um, you know, we'll go Tennessee 31. That's a close one. Yeah, we'll go Tennessee 31, LSU 24. Okay. I think Jaden Daniels does have a good game, though. Yeah. You know, I think he, he performs well and gives him a chance to win at the end. I just think they're going to fall a little bit short in this one. But. Okay. Dang. Yeah, so this is going to be the first big home game for LSU. Top 10 matchup. It's going to be a sold-out Tiger Stadium. You know, 100,000-plus is what I'm expecting. Um Dude, I got LSU winning this one. I think it's going to be a very physical game. I think Jaden Daniel, Jaden Daniels balls out. Um, I just got LSU because, you know, they're at home and uh, their defense is better. But I think it's going to be a close one. But I think the Tigers are going to upset the Volunteers this weekend. That's my first. I, I, don't, I don't really make huge upset picks. But, but, yeah, there's my first one for the season, I think, so far, thus far. Next game to look out for this weekend is going to be another morning one, 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Fox Sports. Fox Sports 1, number 17 TCU going at number 19 Kansas. I think the line right now is TCU by 7, even though that they are on the road. Um, a little bit of history between this matchup. They play, they've played every year since TCU joined the Big 12 in 2012. TCU has won 9 out of the last 10 since joining um, Kansas, their last win was back in 2018. They won by one point. Although last year was in Fort Worth, and uh, Kansas kept it close by only losing 31-28. to 28. This year, both teams undefeated and entering the top 25 after their wins last week. Kansas, first time being in the top 25 since 2009. Obviously, TCU, monster win versus Oklahoma last week. I think that was 55-24. to 24. And uh, Kansas, with their low-scoring win versus Iowa State last week 14 to 11 so definitely a good matchup to look out for this weekend also it's game day yeah 
Yeah, so, it's, about, it's about time game day goes to Kansas. Is it the first time? Yeah, going to Kansas. I was surprised. Like I wasn't. I wasn't like surprised, but I was also kind of surprised. Yeah. Because like I know Kansas hasn't been good for a while, but but it's interesting. That was the first time that they've hosted game day. So yeah, yeah. This is a this is an interesting game. I think a lot of eyes are on Kansas right now. Yeah. And I think they're the popular pick because you know it's kind of that underdog story. You know, been a lot of buzz. Yeah. I think their over on wins for the season was two and a half. Yeah. So really, you know, they yeah they've obviously already cashed that. They went seven two and ago. ten last year. Yeah. So they already have three more wins than they did last year. Yeah, they've been five bad. weeks. They've been bad for a yeah. while. So yeah. you know, yeah, it's good to see Kansas kind of balling a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure how. I don't know. I'm just not sure how much I can take from it. You know, like they've won their games. You know, fair play. You know, they beat Duke. They beat Houston on the road. They beat West Virginia on the road. You know, they won that close one with Iowa. Uh, yeah, Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. So. I think this game's going to be more about TCU, though. You know, I was looking at Max Duggan, and do you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a former TCU quarterback. Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. He, he, he just, you know, he has the hair, which, like, yeah. matches it perfectly, uh-huh. which is just, he just reminds me of Andy Dalton. And yeah. this TCU team kind of reminds me of those old yeah. TCU teams that used to be, you know, top of the Mountain West, yeah. top 20, you know, top 15, top 10 teams. So... This will be an interesting matchup. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm hoping that, you know, Kansas isn't overrated and that yeah. this is a close game and comes mm-hmm. down to the wire. But I think with TCU being a seven-point favorite on the road, I think I think Vegas knows something. Yeah. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how this game pans out. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, Kansas, you know, it's it's been a desperate fan base. I think these fans are going to be hyped for game day coming to their town. But, I mean, they're tied for first in the Big 12, which is huge. You know, for a program who, like we mentioned, went 2-10 and 10 last year, they start off the season with Tennessee Tennessee Tech, and then their overtime road win against West Virginia. They've been finding a way to get it done, you know, to win football games this entire year. And I, I agree as, as far as, like, the, you know, TCU quarterback, senior Max Duggan. He's been impressive all year. He's careful with the football. You know, he hasn't thrown an interception yet, 11 touchdowns. And he had uh, 300 yards with three touchdowns versus Oklahoma. So a big game last week. He's got talent surrounding him. Junior running back, Condry Miller. Seven, seven and a half yards per carry is a great duo with Max. You know, that's, that's very efficient for running back. And uh, I think their defense, they've been good but not great. You know, SMU put up 34 points on them. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if Kansas can kind of pick apart that TCU defense. Diane, I think the thing with Max Duggan is he kind of broke out last week with the running game. I know he had a couple big runs, but, you know, five carries, 116 yards, and a couple touchdowns. I want to see how that emulates to this week. I want to see if, you know, maybe like getting the quarterback's legs involved is a thing that TCU, you know, tries to do going forward. Yeah. Because it seems like he had a lot of success running all over that team. I I saw one of the plays where he kind of like faked the wide receiver screen. He like turned to his uh turned to his right and to throw the wide receiver screen and then just took a QB power to the left and got like 40, 50 yards or something really? like that. And I was like, I've never seen a play like that, but that's that's pretty creative. So it's almost like a necessity to have a dual threat quarterback these oh, yeah. days. No, yeah, it definitely is. So and he and he can run it too. He looked good running it, but mm-hmm. you know, he's a very efficient quarterback. I think the thing that stands out to me the most about him is seventy four point five completion percentage. That's almost that's eleven percent better than last season. Wow, that's a huge jump. That's a massive jump. 
So he's been efficient getting the ball. You know, he's on. He's definitely going to have his career year in touchdowns as long as he stays healthy. And he's just been playing good for for the Sunny Dykes led TCU program. So I think I think Max Duggan is is the man to stop for this Kansas defense and. They definitely haven't seen a quarterback like him. So there's going to be a huge adjustment period for them. I'm interested to see how that defense looks against him and kind of what their plan is to, to slow him down because he was a real terror to that Oklahoma yeah. defense last week. And it helps when, you know, your running back is efficient as well because, you know, it releases the pressure off of the quarterback. So you got you kind of got to give, you know, Condre Miller some respect for a you know, his role in the offense, because it's pretty balanced. I mean, 297 yards through the air and then 250 yards through the run game. So, I mean, it's a relatively balanced offense, but I know that, you know, Duggan, he's he, he's been getting some of those rushing yards himself. But, you know, let's talk about Kansas a little bit. Um, quarterback Jalen Daniels, you know, he won the job halfway through last year. They beat Texas on the road. That was one of their two wins last year was – do you remember that game when they beat Texas on the road? I think it was like yes. a high-scoring one. Yes. So, you know, some new leadership to the program. He's, I mean, he's similar to Max Duggan. He's careful with the ball. You know, 11 touchdowns, only one interception. And he's also dangerous when he scrambles. I mean, 330 yards on the season with five touchdowns just with his feet. So, you know, it's relatively balanced offense. Most of their production is from the run game. That you're going to see two different running backs in the backfield, both sophomores, Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw Jr. They both been efficient at around seven yards a carry. So, I mean, pretty similar offenses between these two teams. And, you know, obviously releasing some pressure off of Jalen, allowing him to be successful. And the defense, similar to TCU, they've been good. Not, you know, not great, allowing 24 points a game, which, I mean, that's not terrible, but, you know could be a little better yeah and I think I just realized that uh, Max Duggan wasn't the starter going into the season it was uh Chandler Morris oh so he won the job yeah he won the job he got injured it looks like early in uh, the Colorado game week one and then Max Duggan stepped on the field and has lit it up ever since so that's a great story in itself but yeah I think I think for for TCU they need to figure out how to uh, maximize this defense and kind of get him to play better football because the offense has been lights out. You know, I think they've scored 38 or more points in every single one of their games. Yeah. So you really can't ask for much more than that. So they need to figure out how to get this defense up to speed. You know, they, they played pretty good against, you know, Oklahoma last week. I want to see that effort continued over to, to Kansas because, you know, Jalen Daniels is going to – he's going to make a ton of plays for this Kansas offense. He's yeah. basically the heart and soul of this offense. So I want to see how they, how they game plan for that. This is their second of four ranked matchups in a row. I mean, they had Oklahoma. Yeah, for TCU. They had Oklahoma last week. Obviously got Kansas at 19 this week. Next week is going to be Oklahoma State at home. And then they got Kansas State at home the following week after that. So, I mean, it's going to be a test, you know. And and I think staying healthy is going to be really important for this squad. No, yeah. So, you know, they're going to be battle-tested. We're going to learn a lot about TCU in the next coming weeks. But... You know, I really like them on the road uh, this week. I'm not. I, I, I love. I love the hype behind Kansas. I love that. You know, the nations. Wait, are you getting into your prediction now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna jump into it for All a right. sec. But uh, I love that the nations kind of, 
kind of loving on Kansas and it's kind of, you know, the team to team to like right now. But yeah. I have to be real. I'm just not too impressed with their wins. You know, I, being 5-0 and is one thing. You know, beating quality opponents is another. I think the Iowa State's a, a good win. And I think Houston on the road is also a, a pretty good win. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Duke was undefeated when they played, but I'm not too impressed with Duke at all. So I just think I think TCU is going to be a big step up for this Kansas team. I think the emotion will be there with game day, and I think that's what will make this game closer than seven. But I think I think we're going to have a similar kind of score to to what we saw last year. You know, I think we said it was thirty-one twenty-eight last year. Yeah, I think it's going to be something similar to that. I'm going to go TCU 38, Kansas 35. I think it's going to be an electric game. I think there's going to be a lot of offense. But I think TCU sneaks one out on the road. And, you know, we really find out a lot about them as they play Oklahoma State next week. Yeah, I love this matchup. I think it's going to be a great game. You know, great pick for game day. Fans are going to be electric. Both teams, lots of offense, you know. I think this game is going to be high scoring. You know, you might see a team in the high 40s, maybe in the 50s. I think that TCU is the better team, but Kansas has been finding a way to win football games, and it's kind of hard to pick against a home game day team. You know, we think back to the App State, you know, it's kind of given me Appalachian State vibes for some reason, you know, it's just like the great story of the year. And I got Kansas, you know, upsetting TCU at home. And I think that, you know, I think that they're going to rush the field after they win, you know. Big win for the program. Huge win for yeah. the program. Yeah, so I, I got I got Kansas winning this one. That's two upsets in a row that I'm picking. So we'll see how things go. Let's get into a Pac-12 matchup. 1.30 p.m. on Fox. It's going to be 11, number 11 Utah going at number 18 UCLA at the Rose Bowl, Pasadena. The line opened up at three. I think it's been changing a little bit, but right now it's Utah at three and a half. A little bit of history between these teams. Utah's eight and four since 2006, and seven and three since joining the Pac-12 in 2011, including five straight against UCLA. Last year, the Utes won 44 to 24 in Salt Lake City, and uh, UCLA. Their last win in the matchup was in 2015, 17 to nine. That was also in Salt Lake City back when Josh Rosen was the quarterback. This year, we get a great top 20 matchup. Should be a beautiful day in Pasadena, expecting, you know, 75-degree weather. Hoping to see some attendance from the UCLA fan base due to, you know, a home win. Big home win against Top 15 Washington last week, combined with some Costco promotions, you know, selling some tickets. And, um, yeah, I checked the attendance, and it was like 41,000 last week against Washington. So um, I saw that the max in the stadium, because they have it tarped off, the max is like 53,000. So it's like a so, was that like eighty percent. Yeah, so it's not terrible. That's pretty good. But yeah, that's pretty good. It's in you know ninety thousand seat stadiums. So. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of weird, you know, just seeing it just looks like a ghost town, you know. And and Utah, those fans seem to travel well. So see some red there as I well. S- I saw a tweet that someone said because Cam Rising's you know from he's from around Pasadena. I think he's like thirty minutes away, and he's bringing a bunch of family. And someone said. Is Cam Rising gonna have more family there than UCLA fans? Oh, and that that made me laugh a Twitter's little bit. Twitter's brutal, man. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. But. Well, Utah, you know, injuries have been a concern for this team. Brand Keithy, tight end. He was he was mainly to their receiving production. He's out for the season with an ACL injury, and Chris Curry is also out for the season at running back. You know, it hasn't seemed 
to slow down these Utes. You know, been playing pretty angry since week one, rolling over opponents. My concern for Utah is, you know, maybe they overlooked this game when they got a big one against USC next week back in Salt Lake City. Now, yeah, so Utah and UCLA has been a really interesting kind of game the last not only a couple of years, but since Utah's entered the Pac-12. I think it's interesting that UCLA has one win in Pasadena versus Utah since they joined the Pac-12. So winning at home has not been something UCLA has done very much in this series. And, you know, especially over the last five games, Utah has won every single game scoring 40-plus. So I think you can expect some points in this football game for sure. But, yeah, this is an interesting matchup. You know, after – after UCLA went 4-0, I kind of made a comment saying, I want to see how they play against Washington. Yeah. Because I want to see, you know, how they play against, like, legitimate competition. It was a bit of a questionable start, you know. Yeah. Who did oh, they, yeah. They, they played Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama. They won on that game-winning field goal at home. And then Colorado, who's winless. But, yeah, they had this statement win last Friday against Washington. It was 40-32. to yeah, and I just can't really take too much from this UCLA team because you know they've played, you know they've played five games. Four of them have been at home. This will be their fifth home game, and you know it's only the second week of October. So, and their one road game was Colorado on the road, and you know we kind of all we all know how Colorado is. So yeah, this UCLA team's a, a very interesting wild card. I think DTR is playing some of his best football. Yeah. He's ever played at UCLA, which is which is nice to see. Friday night was just like a it was like a highlight reel for him. Yeah, just, the juke the DTR, into the end zone. Yeah, it was like the DTR show. He had the juke in the end zone. Dude was just hurling defenders. You know, makes it makes it kind of a little scarier game for the Utes than they might have expected when starting the season. No, yeah, UCLA has weapons, man. They have weapons all over the field. You know, Zach Charbonnet. Probably was a uh, NFL running back last year. Yeah. Decided to come back and play. He's play a senior year. this year, right? Senior year, yeah. And then uh, Jake Bobo, the Duke transfer. Okay. Is he's a machine? He's like six five. You know, he he's kind. He reminds me of Brant Keithy a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's just except he's a lot taller and you know he's got wide receiver skills. He can play as a tight end too. He's got a little bit of it all. So yeah, this UCLA offense is very potent and you know can score at will. The thing that I'm worried about for UCLA is that defense. Uh-huh. You know, I don't, I don't know how much the defense can hold up. They haven't really played a stout defense. I wouldn't say Washington's defense is too great either. You know, they've Washington in their own has given up points. So I, it's interesting to see how DTR is going to play against you know probably the best defense he's going to face All year? up to this point. Okay, probably. Oh, up to this point. Um, so it'll be interesting to see see kind of what he looks like. And then for Utah, man, I. Ever since that loss to Florida, this team has looked completely different, you know. We kind of expected big things for Utah this year, and losing to Florida week one was was pretty disappointing. But, you know, Cam Rising has been stepping up his play a little bit uh, week by week. And, you know, with Brant Keithy out, it's kind of important for other players to step up. And we saw that last week. You know, Vele Vaughn, uh, Devon Vele had a great game. And, you know, uh, we saw Jalen Dixon kind of step up a little bit as well. And, yeah, this Utah offense has just kind of been going as normal. So it'll be interesting to see what it looks like in uh, the Rose Bowl because I think there will be a lot of red and a lot yeah. of Utah fans there. So Yeah, and it's pretty balanced offense. Like they, get, they get the running game going as well. They got running backs, Tavion Thomas, Jalen Glover, Makai Bernard. You know, they're all getting touches. So lots of different weapons in the backfield. 
for this team, and then their defense very physical. I mean, we saw Clark Phillips get three interceptions last week, took one to the house. Great performance. So it'll be a challenge for DTR and this UCLA offense. Well, and what's interesting, too, is Utah's averaging 203 yards of rushing per game, and they really haven't been that great running the football, you know, up to their standards. And their standards are very high, you know, put it at that. But I think they can run the ball a lot better. I think, you know, they came out with a depth chart this week saying that Tavion Thomas is the starter. Now they have it listed as him as the starter. So it will be interesting to see kind of what his load looks like this week. I think both teams are going to try to run the football very heavy. So we'll see if Utah can have, you know, more success running the ball. And I think it starts with Tavion Thomas, you know, getting those touches. Because I think if he gets... 15 to 20 touches a game, you know, I think he's going to have a very good day. So I'm interested to see kind of how, you know, UCLA stops this run this week, because if they can't stop the run, then it's going to be a long day. Out. It's yeah, going to be, be a long, day. long day. You're so, only allowing 80 yards, 80 yards a game on, on the ground. Yeah. So that's, that's probably the, the main matchup is, you know, Utah's running backs versus, you know, this UCLA run defense, because outside wide receiver wise they don't really have too much you know like i said devon valley has been playing good dalton kincaid's still there but other than that you know utah's been looking for production from wide receivers so we'll see maybe if we get more production this week against ucla but yeah i think this is going to be the two main battles in this game are utah's running backs versus ucla's run defense and then on the opposite side i think it's utah or ucla's weapons versus utah's defense as a whole because yeah. i think this will be the best defense they've seen mm-hmm. you know clark phillips the third is is a first round draft pick i will say it. He, he is he is a first round draft pick he's been playing like one he can play in the nickel he can play outside fantastic uh cornerback pros, uh prospect he's definitely a first round draft pick in my eyes you know jt brown's been an all pack 12 level player and you know cole bishop man i can't i can't speak to how good cole bishop has been so great as a as a box safety so you know this is gonna be a real test for ucla they're gonna see a lot of different things thrown their way and i'm interested to see how they respond but on the flip side to that uh, dtr has been playing his best football that i've seen in the pac-12 and so yeah i think he's even been playing at arguably a heisman level too wow so yeah so he's he's been balling you know he's been playing good has the you know the level of of teams been been the highest no but i think i saw enough against washington to say that you know he could be playing at a heisman level yeah it was good to see you know ucla to be back you know because we kind of there was a lot of uncertainty at the beginning of the year you know they let 31 they let uh south alabama put up 31 points on them so from there it was like you know what are we going to see from ucla the rest of the season who would have thought we'd be here you know week six they're five and oh 2-0 2-0 to start conference play. So, yeah, a lot to look forward to for this UCLA team. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that they've scored 40-plus points in four out of their five games, but they've also given up 17 or more in four out of their five games, where Utah has scored, you know, 34-plus in four out of their five games, but they haven't given up more than 17 besides week one in the Swamp. So it's definitely going to be a real offense versus defense kind of battle. And I'm interested to see kind of how they try to emulate the Anthony Richardson film with DTR, you know, get him out of the pocket, you know, get him 
running with his legs, get Zach Charbonnet involved, have DTR making plays on the run, and then how they get you know Jake Bobo involved in the game because he's a real matchup nightmare for Utah. I don't know who's going to be thrown at him. I'd assume it would be it'd probably be Cole Bishop. I don't think they'd put a linebacker on him. So that'll be an interesting matchup and kind of to see you know whoever is more successful in that kind of battle is probably going to be the team that wins the game. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So should we get into the prediction? This is a tough one for me. This really is. But I honestly believe that Utah is all around the better football team. Offensive-wise, I would probably take UCLA because I think they have a lot of talent on offense. And I think DTR is a fantastic quarterback. But I think Utah has been getting better and better every week. You know, we saw him, I would say, dismantle an Oregon State team that I think is very good. You know, I think Oregon State's a really good football team. And they kind of they kind of made that offense – like that offense had a lot of success on the defense, but, you know, they were kicking field goals and not, not scoring touchdowns. I think you'll see something similar this week. I think you'll see UCLA's offense get down the field quite a bit, but I think they're going to be settling for a lot more field goals and touchdowns, which I think will be a real decider in the game, which is why I like Utah in this football game. I just think their defense is too good, and I think it's going to set up a nice top-10 matchup next week in Salt Lake City mm-hmm. versus USC. I got Utah winning this game. Keeping the trend of scoring 40-plus points in this series, I got Utah 42, UCLA 31. I think this is going to be a real breakout game for Utah to get the kind of national respect that they had going into the season. I think they're going to get some of that back. And I think UCLA is going to compete with a team that is very, very good. And I think it's also going to show that UCLA is a lot better team than maybe people do think. So this will be an interesting matchup, and I'm excited to see how this one goes for sure. Yeah, I liked what I was seeing from UCLA last week against Washington. Um, But, yeah, I got the Utes winning as well. You know, I think they're overall the better team. I hope to see, you know, a lot of UCLA fans to show out, you know. Or just any UCLA fans. Yeah, just any, you know. Just hopefully they're just passing out tickets for free at this point. But, I mean, they got a lot to be excited about, you know. Team starting out 5-0 back in the rankings, you know. It's kind of what you expect from this program, you know, as they obviously transition to the Big Twin to the Big Ten pretty soon. Uh, aren't, they, aren't they trying to, like, make it so they can't go? Or is, is it like the state is kind of you know, so holding them back? There's Yeah, it's like the it's the Board of Regents or something like that. Yeah. They're trying to hold UCLA back because they think that UCLA leaving for the Big Ten will hurt the profits of Cal. So they're trying to keep – they can't obviously do that for USC because USC is a private institution. Yeah. But since UCLA is state-funded, they're, state funded. they're trying to hold them back. I don't think they'll have any success in doing that. But it will be interesting to see if they do and yeah. keep UCLA in the Pac-12 because mm-hmm. that would obviously change everything. Yeah. But Yeah. Should be a great game, though. Um, yeah, I got the Utes winning by 10-plus at the Rose Bowl. So another game to look out for this weekend. Transitioning into some SEC action, we got Texas A&M going at recently number one ranked Alabama. It's going to be 6 p.m. on CBS in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, my that's bad. A, that's a, that's a, tongue, that's yeah, a tongue twister, eh? Yeah, it is a tongue, tongue twister. Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa, right? Tuscaloosa? Yeah, Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Um, Bama picked by 24 points. The history of these teams, they played every year since 2012. Bama has won the last 8 out of 12, but last year Texas A&M, they got the upset win in College Station, 41-38 to 38 on that game-winning field goal. I'm sure everyone 
watch that game. This year we get a revenge game for Bama. You know, Nick Saban has had some comments for Texas A&M and they're recruiting earlier this year. I know Brock will kind of tell us about that later. You know, Bryce Young's status is questionable. We'll dive into that as well. And, um, you know, Texas A&M, they've had a weird up and down season thus far, but kind of, you know, lay out the beef for us. I kind of want to understand, you know, what Nick Saban was saying about the recruiting by Jimbo Fisher this year. The recruiting bowl, baby. Recruiting um, bowl. Yeah, so I think I think it came out over the offseason that Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M Boosters had spent $30 million on recruits because they obviously had the number one recruiting class, which I don't think they've ever done. Is that confirmed? So, 30 that, mil, yeah. It, the, the money? Yeah, the money's yeah, confirmed. I think it was like $30 million wow. on recruits or something like that. We talked about that like, a lot this year. Yeah, with like yeah. NIL deals yeah. and, and such. So, and I think Nick Saban had some words to say about it, saying that, you know, they have to pay recruits to to get them to come to Texas A&M. Yeah. And I think it was funny because I think the nation has known <laughs> that Nick Saban has been paying recruits for yeah. the longest time. Yeah. It just hasn't, like, you know, come out. So it was it was a little bit of, like, Nick Saban was complaining about stuff that Jimbo was doing when Nick Saban's been doing that stuff yeah. for the longest time. So a bit hypocritical, you know. It kind of, like added some more hype to this game, especially after last year, you know, how Texas A&M won. So, yeah, it, it was interesting. You know, I, I I looked at Nick Saban. I'm like, dude, like, we, <laughs> we, we all know, like, you've been doing it for the longest time. Like, Didn't Jimbo fire back, though? What did he say? He was like, he was like, ask any coach in the history, you know, that's worked for him. No, yeah. You know. It so, got it got heated there got for heated. a little bit. Yeah. But I think, I think Nick came out and, like, apologized and said, you know, I'm sorry, but. Yeah. It was interesting, you know, especially with how much we we know Nick has been has been paying recruits. Like that's that's common knowledge. You know, it just hasn't gone under any NCAA violation, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, yeah, this, that's probably the most interesting part about this game. Honestly, yeah. you know, Texas A&M had that big win over Arkansas the other week, but you know, Arkansas kind of kind of looks a little little fraudulent, I would say, fraudulent nowadays, but. Yeah, I picked against Alabama last week. I thought Arkansas would have a chance to to win that football game. And, you know, I decided that I'm not doing it the rest of the season. You know, Bryce Young is too good of a football player. And Will Anderson absolutely brings so much fear into my eyes because he is so yeah. talented. You know? Screaming off the edge. You know, and I said at the start of the year, I think he's the most talented player in college football. He's just not a quarterback, so yeah. he's not going to go number one overall, which is unfortunate, but... Yeah, the Bryce Young injury is also kind of a, a nice talking point. Yeah, he, he hurt his shoulder on Saturday against Arkansas. I know he was tackled, fell on it. He was visually frustrated, you know, through his helmet. Um, they came out and said it was a sprained AC joint on that shoulder of his throwing arm. But I think Monday on Saban said that, you know, he's had these AC sprains before, you know, seems to respond to them pretty well. So they'll be taking it day by day. There's no reports on if he's, like, resumed any throwing yet. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that's – if he'll be back this weekend. I know that they have backup um, quarterback freshman Jalen Milrow, who's like a – he's a four-star out of Texas or Katy, Texas, you know. Only Bama has, you know, like a four-star just in their back pocket ready to go. You know, doesn't seem like a bad option at all. We saw him, you know, get a few reps earlier this year, and we saw him, you know, a little bit from him 
against Arkansas on Saturday. Um, according to some scouting reports, I read about him. He's a true, true dual-threat quarterback. You know, athleticism bears out in both departments, great arm strength, dangerous on the run. He had a 76-yard run against Arkansas after scrambling out of the pocket. You know, did you see that last week against Arkansas? Yeah, yeah. I did. So, run. I mean, gets it done with the legs, um, you know. It'll be interesting to see if they start, you know, Jalen on Saturday, if Bryce is at like 90% or if he's not completely at 100%, you know. We'll see if they rest Bryce in preparation for, a, you know, they got some big games coming up. They got Tennessee next week on the road. And then uh, I think they got Ole Miss coming up as well. Let me check their schedule. But, yeah. you know. I think for Alabama, I think if, if Bryce Young is, is like you said, about 85 to 90% ready, I think he will play. Really? Just because, like, Alabama is capable of, you know, putting some points on the board and getting this game over with quick. Yeah. So, like, you know, they get up 28, you know, 35, and then just throw in the backup. You know, it's kind of smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of – I've always been under the impression that Bryce Young will play. But even if he doesn't, I saw enough out of the QB last week that I think they could still get it done. Yeah. You know? Jameer Gibbs played insane. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, two hundred six yards, two touchdowns, and like that could be your offense. You know, just yeah. just like RPOs, uh, option plays. You know, hand the ball off to your running back, let him make plays. You know, and that'd be enough to get it done. I think. Plus, I think you get two touchdowns on the board. You know, this defense has been phenomenal all year. I think that's really all you're gonna need to do because I mean, defense is only they've only allowed eleven points per game, which I'm I'm assuming is probably you know top ten in the country, top five maybe. I'm not sure. Already 15 sacks on the season. They held a great K.J. Jefferson to only 155 throwing yards last week. So, you know, stacked defensive squad, tons of NFL talent. I think they're the best defense in the country. Like you mentioned, you'd think that Will Anderson is the best player in college football right now as well. Yeah, and Alabama just gets it done, you know. And I think there's going to be – if there wasn't already motivation from the Saban comments for both teams – I think losing last year was already going to be motivation enough for Alabama. So I think this game will be a little bit chippy at first, and I think you will see a couple, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. But I think Alabama remembers what happened last year. You know, especially if Bryce Young plays, you know, he definitely remembers what happened last year. So this Alabama team is going to be motivated. You know, they're back up to number one in the nation. You know, does that come with a different kind of mindset? Probably not, not for Alabama. You know, they believe every single year that they're the best team in the nation. So whether they have the one by them, by their name, or, you know, 10, 15, you know, yeah. they believe they're the best football team mm-hmm. in the nation. Yeah. And they've proved it the last couple of years too. So I personally expect Bryce Young to play. I think, you know, he'll play probably maybe the first half because I think by then the game will be out of hand. I just, I just don't think Texas A&M has shown enough offensively to – to kind of make it a game. Mm-hmm. I think defensively they can stay in it for a couple drives, yeah. but I think this Texas A&M offense is going to put their defense in bad positions, and I think that will lead to Alabama points. So I, I got Alabama winning big. Yeah. I think they cover too. I think really? especially with what happened last year. It just it just seems like a game that Alabama is going to come out ready to play, and I think they're going to dominate. You know, I got Alabama winning, you know, 42 I'm gonna go 42 to 14. You know, yeah. I think they blow they blow out this A&M team. A&M and, though, they got a lot of talent. 
They do, and, and that defense is fantastic. You know, I've said it before. Well, Mississippi State put up 42 on them last week. So. Yeah, and well, to be fair, we Will, a, Will Rogers has been playing out of his mind. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just think I just think Alabama's going to be too much. I think especially, you know, with everything that's happened in the last, you know, what, nine months since they've played, nine, yeah. ten months since they played, I think there's just too much motivation for for this Alabama team. And, and I think they're going to get the job done. I think they're yeah. going to win big. Yeah, and, um, I mean, A&M, I'm assuming we'll see Max Johnson start. I think Haynes King, did he start last week, Haynes King? I know that Haynes King either came in or started last week through two interceptions. No touchdowns. I think Max Johnson is better. I don't know why they don't just roll with him, but you know, the quarterback situation has been, you know, seemed to be a concern all year for this team. You know, Devon A. Chain, he's he's been great all year. Hasn't been getting much help. Kind of been a struggle for the offense this year, only at like twenty two points a game. And and the real question is, you know, there's been a lot of talk, is Jimbo kinda on the hot seat at A and M, you know, for his job. So, yeah, Max Johnson started last week, and it looks like Haynes King came in and just played. two picks. And threw, <laughs> threw a couple picks. But, nice. no, I don't think Jimbo's on the hot seat at all. It's been a lot of talk of it, huh? Yeah. ESPN kind of covered it a little. And I think that's because, you know, when you get the number one class in the nation, your team probably shouldn't be 3-2, and two, potentially heading for 3-3. Three and three. But I, I think that's what's going to keep him his job is, you know, he's shown that he can recruit – uh, pretty well so I think that will keep him for at least another season if he do, if he doesn't do anything next year then I think you know they're yeah. definitely going to look other ways yeah. but but I think I think he keeps his job yeah but I think it's just I don't know there's just something there's something not clicking right now at A&M and I don't know if if that's necessarily a coaching problem but I guess we'll see you know the rest of this season and then maybe even next year as well seems like we talk about Texas A&M about every week it's been just back and forth you know we're like oh this team's great you know Oh, you know, there's a lot of question marks, I think, between the quarterback situation being concerning and, you know, just, just not a lot of offensive production. You know, we saw some weakness from the defense last week as well. Um, yeah, I got Bama winning this game as well. I think that they're going to destroy them. I don't, I don't think it's going to be close. You know, keep in mind that they beat a top 20 Arkansas team on the road primarily with their backup quarterback last week and we kind of just over we just overlook you know wins like that for Bama you know we expect it from them when you beat Arkansas by 20 plus on the road you know and I think that they're a premier team in the country right now you know I I feel like they deserve a lot more credit I think if you're a Texas A&M fan you should be scared this weekend because Bama has a lot of talent on both sides of the line of scrimmage um I think that like, like you were saying earlier, I think that there's a lot going on behind the scenes between the coaching situation, you know, that makes this game mean more to Nick Saban than we than we kind of think, you know. So I, I don't think Saban I, – I, I don't think he would mind embarrassing Jimbo on the national stage. So I could see Bama running up this score, you know. So I, I got him covering as well, the 24-point spread. No, yeah, and um, I want to say I think even if Georgia would have handled – Missouri and kind of blew them out. I still think Alabama would have jumped Georgia and to be the number one team in the nation. I also want to say I did pick Mississippi State to beat A&M last week. They were one of our uh, Oh, you did? They were one of our game predictions. Oh, just not one of, one of the top 5 matchups, but I did have Mississippi State beat Texas A&M. Okay. So, 
I think uh, gotta, gotta make that very clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't get very many pictures. Yeah, that's true. So, so I have to, I have to, you know, flex them when I do. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, I, I just think Alabama's gonna win. Yeah, I hope to see Bryce Young back. You know, healthy. I do too. You don't want to see players get injured like that. Yeah. You know. But I think regardless, you know, if they get the backup in, I think Bama, you yeah. know, covers either way. Yeah. It just means too much to Saban, I think. Yeah, and you know he's been talking about it all week too. Yeah. He's been like, hey, like you know, you guys all saw me and Jimbo's little spout over. Over the off season, so I want to I want to put a bunch of points on this team. So, and I bet they will too. Game five and the last big matchup we got lined up for you guys is gonna be ACC, Florida State going at number fourteen. NC State this game is gonna be on the ACC network at six o'clock. The game's at Carter Finley Stadium, and it looks like the line is NC State by three right now. Three, yeah, three, three. So uh, the history of these two teams. Um, they played every year since 1992. That's a that's a lot of football games between these two teams. NC State has won the last four out of five. Last year's matchup was a game in Tallahassee where the Wolfpack won 28 to 14. Devin Leary had a monster game, 314 yards, four touchdowns. We'll get to see him in the same matchup this year. I love this game. It's a great matchup. Um, both teams four and one coming off of Week Five losses. Florida State lost to Wake Forest. Last week at home, NC State to Clemson on the road last week as well. Both going to be some some angry teams, you know, coming back for some bounce-back wins. Um, you could make the case that it should be a ranked matchup, you know, SEC bias, LSU is ahead of Florida State. After, uh, you know, Florida State won week two against LSU. But um, anyways, both teams got talent. Jordan, Jordan Travis versus Devin Leary quarterback battle. Um, Tell me what you think about this matchup between uh, the Florida State wide receivers and the NC State uh, defense. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. You know? Who's, we, a, who's that uh, wide receiver? They got my boy, man. 6'7". <laughs> Just an absolute unit of a man. Johnny Wilson, dude. Johnny Wilson. Never heard of him, you know? It seems like... <laughs> no, yeah. He, man. He he just went crazy that that game I was watching against... Uh, Louisville, I want to say, yeah, seven seven catches, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. He's been a little bit quiet since then, you know. Only in the two games prior, he's only it's got the curse. eight it's the curse. eight receptions for about 100 yards and a touchdown. So because you started talking about him, so you cursed him. I think he's actually destined for a monster game this week. So we'll see how uh, how they plan. Because you know, not only do they have Johnny Wilson, but they got Micah Pittman, the Oregon transfer, at wide receiver as well, and. This is a this is a very good game, I think, because you got two teams that need to bounce back. You know, they both both had uh, losses to you know Clemson and Wake Forest last week. I think for NC State, it's probably a little bit more dire to kind of pick up a win this week because you know Florida State's at least two and one in the conference. You know, NC State is zero and one, so it's important to get another win on on the conference resume, especially if you want to stay stay in it for. A potential conference championship you know i think if you lose this game this week you're absolutely done i think that's your acc season shocked unfortunately because you just can't have two losses and expect to you know be in the conference title game especially with the division that these guys are in yeah so, the division is crazy the division is wild yeah There's so clemson and then syracuse florida state wake forest nc state and then louisville yeah, syracuse is a team we haven't even talked about that much yeah so they had, they had a good win last week yeah and say they're still at the top 
as well. So yeah, this is a must-win game for both these teams. You know, NC State's going to be a little bit probably more confident coming off of last week because you know they played a very good Clemson team. You know, close and you know only lost by ten on the road. So I think they'll be feeling a little bit better. Whereas you know Florida State also played a very good Wake Forest team but lost at home. So, you know, Florida State having to travel, you know, they're going to have to, you know, bring their A game if they want to win this game. Yeah, I like this quarterback matchup. I think Devin Leary's great. Jordan Travis has looked good as well. Both don't really make that many mistakes. And uh, like you said, I mean, main targets can be Johnny Wilson, that 6'7", you know, monster of a receiver. So, yeah, I like this ACC matchup. I think it's probably the third and the fourth Best teams in the conference, you know, following behind. No Syracuse Clemson. love? No Syracuse love? Dude, who have they played so far? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I just I just don't think that let me look. I think we'll get I think we'll get Syracuse played Louisville, Yukon, Purdue, Virginia, and Wagner. Purdue not bad. They beat Minnesota this uh, last weekend. Wait, is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they have a bye this week and then they'll they'll get NC State the following week. So Yeah, so hopefully we get a no get a Syracuse, chance to talk about yeah. the Qs, man. But yeah. They're in the rankings for the first I time. Actually, I actually agree, though. I do think that these are probably three and four. I'm okay. not I'm not huge on the Qs either. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm excited to see them play against Etsy State here soon. Yeah. So They're a sleeper team. The Qs? They've just kind of been quietly, you know, winning football games. I think that they won by like like 50 or 60 against Wagner last week. But What, what a crazy year for basketball teams. Oh, yeah. You know, sure. like Syracuse, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina has been okay, you know. Yeah. So... But yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think I think this is three and four. I kind of cut you off there, but no, it's okay. Um, Go ahead. I'm I'm interested to kind of see what uh, this. You know, I've talked about it multiple times before. I want to see what this Florida State running game looks like. You know, they they've ran the ball with those three running backs, and I think it's kind of you know fallen off a little bit. You know, I think they've kind of just have you know Jordan Travis and then the lead back. You know, mainly running the football. Those three running backs that they had against Louisville were all very effective. I want to see him get back to that. And, you know, Jordan Travis is capable of, of making plays as well. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what, you know, Florida State's game plan is going into this. What I would say maybe a potential very underrated NC State defense. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the NC State defense is great. I mean, how how'd they do against Clemson? I mean, 30 points. 30 points. Not but, terrible, not great. But I, I know that they held Clemson to, to field goals. On yeah. a couple of occasions, maybe mm-hmm. even maybe I think three times. So. This is a team that was getting a lot of, you know, playoff hype preseason. No, oh, yeah. I think I saw a lot of you know, um, analysts come out with with their predictions, and you know, I was seeing NC State at like four, in that in that range. So, I mean, a, a lot to play for. Maybe the pressure kind of got to them, you know, and playing at Clemson is tough to do. I think they've won like thirty four in a row at home. So, you know, I. I like NC State to bounce back, you know. I think that they win this football game. I think that Devin Leary is the better quarterback. Sorry, I'm just jumping right into the prediction. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. Yeah, and you know, just being at home, and uh, yeah, yeah, I got NC State winning. Yeah, and, and covering. I think, I think you can make the argument that if the Clemson NC State game was at NC State, you know, maybe there's a different outcome because you know Clemson is historically very, very good at home. And they seem to, you know, struggle a little bit on the road. Yeah, so I don't think – I think NC State has everything to play for. I think they do get a bounce-back win as well against this Florida State team. Uh, I think I think their defense is very good. I think they've, they've forced Clemson 
to, you know, have to work hard for their points. You know, like I said, they had three field goals that they held them to, which was very impressive. So, yeah, I like NC State on the on the bounce back this week. I think Leary gets the offense going again, and I like NC State to bounce back. What was that line you said? It was three? Yeah, three. I like NC State to cover that line as well. You know, I'm going to go NC State in a, in a close one, 28 to 21. Just being at home, you know. It's just it's played a huge factor, obviously every year, but it seems like this year has kind of been like a huge trend as home teams get the big wins. And, um, you know, we'll probably talk about either one of these teams next week when they go play. Well, well I guess NC State will play uh, Syracuse next Cuse, week. Yeah, yeah so uh, I'm expecting, you know, NC State to take care of business here at home against Florida State, and then we'll probably be discussing them, you know, playing uh, undefeated Syracuse next week as well. All right, if you're new to the pod, um, this is the part where we just go over the rest of the games that you might want to look out for. We give our predictions for those games as well. And then after this, we're actually going to, you know, give our new conference predictions and also our playoff predictions, you know, thus far through five weeks of the season. But let's talk about number four, Michigan, going at Indiana. Are they on upset alert this weekend? Now, yeah, so last time Michigan made the trip to Bloomington, they, uh, they lost in that COVID year that they, they kind of played pretty poor. But, yeah, I think Michigan will have enough to get it done. Blake Corum has been playing unreal, the running back for him. You know, he's got 10 touchdowns on the year, 600 yards through five games, you know, averaging 100 yards a game. So, yeah, I think Blake Corum will be enough for Michigan to get through. I think this could be a tougher game for Michigan, though, because, you know, they have that huge one, you know, the prior or the next week to uh, against Penn State. So, Maybe a chance that they kind of overlook them, maybe not, but I think this will be business as usual for Michigan, huh. and I think they will get the job done. That's, that's weird because I've seen otherwise on Twitter, you know, you kind of have Michigan on upset alert. No, I, don't, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got I got Michigan as well, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Indiana squeaks one out. But I'm, I'm going to pick Michigan, you know. But I, I do kind of have them on upset alert, and I, I would kind of like to see, you know, the top four get shaken up a little bit and Michigan to lose. But, yeah, I got Indiana winning that one. Next game is going to be Arkansas coming off that loss against Bama last week. Going at number 23, Mississippi State, who had the big win against Texas A&M that we talked about earlier. What are your thoughts on that one? I've always been a Mike Leach believer for some reason. I just think I think his offense is really well done. I just think he can't figure out how to play defense. Yeah. So that's why his teams have never been, you know, towards the top but he was at wazoo before right? wazoo yeah. Yeah, yeah he also was a part of the i want to say it was the texas tech air raid offense too uh-huh. so but yeah I, th- I think will will rogers has been playing out of his mind you know he's got 19 touchdowns he he leads the fbs or is towards the top of the fbs yeah. in touchdowns this year and when that offense is rolling man that offense is tough to stop so you said mississippi state was at home yeah yeah i got mississippi state yeah. in this one you know i think arkansas Three straight losses, man. That could be kind of tough for him. But I just think, you know, Will Rogers and this air raid is going to be too tough for them to play against. So that's why I got them winning this one. Yeah, I like Mike Leach as well. I know he's been, like, high on, was it elopement or something? Have you seen those interviews? He's, oh, like, yeah. talking about marriages or something. I don't know. He's yeah. crazy. He's a weird dude. Yeah, he is a weird dude. But I think the weird dude is going to find a way to get it done against Arkansas this weekend. K.J. Jefferson, he's great, but... I don't know. I, I like I like home teams this year, and, and I see uh, Mississippi State getting away with the win. Um, next one, 
Let's see, Auburn at number two, Georgia. Georgia's been rolling, you know, saw a little bit of a a little bit of a questionable performance against what was it Missouri last week? Kind yeah. of kind of back to back questionable performances. You know, they had that I think they won by seventeen for against Kent State. Oh really? I think it was a ten point game going huh. into the fourth. So Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to Joel Klatt this week talk about Georgia and he made his new top five and he had I wanna say it was Alabama or no, it was Ohio State, Alabama. Michigan, Clemson, and then Georgia. He dropped Georgia five. five. And he was really critical of Georgia, saying, you know, anytime it seems like an SEC team loses on the road or plays a close one on the road to what some people would say is an inferior team, they kind of get a pass. And he was holding them accountable. He's saying, you know, Georgia should have dropped a lot farther. Missouri's not a good team. Playing Missouri on the road is, is you know, not the, the game that most people – or that SEC folks are making it sound like it is. So I thought it was interesting to kind of hear him talk about that, but we got to see Georgia bounce back eventually, right? You know, yeah. I think I think they got to have a big one. I think the this first is the three game. weeks they looked they looked they unstoppable. Looked un- unstoppable. Yeah. I don't even think anyone so, scored a touchdown until was it week four, maybe yeah. week three? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So but yeah, I think Auburn has too many questions. You know, they're still trying to figure out their quarterback. So I got Georgia in a bounce back game, hopefully. So hopefully it'd be nice to see Georgia win big and i think they probably will yeah i got georgia winning big as well auburn they got that quarterback situation they need to figure out and just following the trend you know home teams get it done i think georgia will bounce back huge statement win for them this weekend they're probably pissed off you know dropping to two and they're like man we got to prove ourselves again i kind of expected maybe ohio state to jump them as well yeah i did as well yeah so yeah i got georgia as well next game Texas Tech going at number seven, Oklahoma State. A lot of weird things going on in the Big 12 this year, but Oklahoma State, you know, starting off the season undefeated. What are you seeing here? Yeah, I think you can make the case that there's like five Big 12 teams that could win the conference. It seems like, I don't know, I think Oklahoma State is probably the number one team, and then I'd say TCU is closely behind. But we really haven't seen a team kind of jump out in front and kind of grab a hold of the conference. But I think Oklahoma State is is the team that could do that. Uh, this is an interesting one against Texas Tech because I know Texas Tech has brought problems to multiple teams this year. You know, I think they had that win over Texas, right? Yeah, Texas so, Tech, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so, Texas, you know. In tech, yeah, we don't know what to really think about really Texas. So, But, yeah, I got Oklahoma State winning this one. I think Spencer Sanders is – he looks like a much more mature quarterback than he did a year ago. So I like him to keep this Oklahoma State team rolling and hopefully get them some, you know, praise. Because I saw a tweet from an Alabama fan saying that Oklahoma State is the most disrespected program in the nation. Right now? And just just in general. And I actually kind of agree, you know. It seems like Oklahoma State is always near the top, but they've kind of been dominated by Oklahoma in recent years. So it's kind of like reason they don't get their respect. But I think it's time Oklahoma State starts getting some respect around here. So I like them to win against Texas Tech. Yeah, I think Texas Tech, they looked good because they beat Texas. But I, I, don't, I don't think that that was a great win. I think it was a good win, you know. Texas doesn't have Quinn Ewers. So it makes it a little less impressive. I think Oklahoma State is kind of on the revenge tour from last season, you know, missed out on the playoffs. So yeah, I, I got a win in at home, following that home trend. And I think Oak State might jump, you know, maybe they jump USC in the rankings after this one this weekend. But yeah, I, I got the Cowboys winning that one. Next one is going to be number three, Ohio State going at Michigan State. 
Man, I think if there's one team that has looked good that hasn't gotten the respect, it's probably Ohio State. Yeah, I think Ohio State's looked fantastic all year. I don't think they've really had. They haven't gotten respect. Have I, I don't think so. Really? Because I think you know, well, Georgia and Alabama have stayed above them, and I think we could make the argument that they should be probably two, maybe even one. Because I don't think they've played a close game besides Notre yeah, Dame really this haven't. year. But that was you know week one top five matchup. There's so many things you can take, but you know 45 to 12, 77 to 21, 52 to 21, 40. Like they've just been taking care of business. And this so. is without like Injigba. Yeah, no Injigba, probably their best offensive player. So yeah, I think you know Ohio State is is the real deal. I think they'll keep it rolling. Uh, I don't know, man. Sparty, Sparty seems to show up for big games for some reason in the Big Ten, but. They're just nowhere near Ohio State right now. So I got Ohio State winning big. And I don't know. I think Michigan State is unfortunately stuck because they paid Mel Tucker a huge amount of money, all guaranteed. So they can't really get out of that that contract. So I think Michigan State could be headed for a struggle of disaster. the next couple of years, maybe. Yeah. Sparty headed for disaster. Well, they, they paid Mel Tucker after one good season and now it doesn't look so good. <laughs> so it's interesting to see how that, yeah. how that works out. Yeah. And I think the disaster continues this weekend. I think the Ohio state is stacked. I got a winning big, you know, that offense is just, this is crazy. And I think this is kind of their first, you know, somewhat test Michigan state on the road. So I think a big win would be huge for Ryan Day and this squad. I mean, I know he wants all the smoke. Was it who they play last week? I mean, he was kind of, you know, he was getting in the argument with the coach. Uh, I think it was Rutgers. It was Rutgers. Yeah, that's right. Because there was a late hit or something. What what happened? Well, I know they also. I'm pretty sure they did like a fake punt or something up thirty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Maybe so, or onside. No, I think it was a fake punt. Yeah. And I know that didn't sit well <laughs> with yeah. too many people. Yeah. But, well, I, I yeah I got. I got Ohio State winning big. Probably, I don't know what the line is, but whatever it is, they're covering. I think it's at 27. 27. Yeah. So. Oh, man, that's rough. I think they probably cover They that probably too, do though. cover it. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah. Their offenses look insane. Yeah. All right, next one, we got some Pac-12. Wazoo going at number six, USC. You know, is USC kind of on upset alert this weekend? We've seen, you know, some shaky games for them these past few weeks. They played a close one against Oregon State. And Wazoo, they've been they've been in some situations where they could have, you know, won some big games. They did win against Michigan State earlier in the year. Or no, that was that was Washington, right? Yeah, Washington yeah, beat Washington. Michigan. Beat Wazoo Michigan beat State. Wisconsin. That's right, Wisconsin. Yep. And uh they played a close one against Oregon at home as well. So I mean, you see USC on upset alert this weekend. I keep going back and forth this one because I, I do see USC on upset alert. I think I think Wazoo should be five and zero. I think they should have beat Oregon. And I think they should be, I think they're receiving the most votes in the AP right now. They should be a ranked football team. You know, I think they 100% deserve to be. So, I don't know. I think maybe you talk about the same things you talked about with Utah, with USC knowing they got a big game next week. Maybe they don't come out fully ready to play against Wazoo, who could punish them. But I'm going to go with the safe answer and say, you know, Caleb Williams and co. get it done. And have a have a big game and kind of maybe silence some of the critics at least for a week and get it done against Wazoo this week. Yeah. I got USC as well. Offenses they kinda gotta 
you know, bring up that production. They only put up like 17 points on Oregon State. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they find a way to get it done. I, I think it'll be relatively close, but I got, I got USC winning at home for that one. Interesting next one. We got number 16 BYU playing Notre Dame. That'll be the neutral site at is it Allegiant Allegiant Stadium. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas home of the Raiders you know <laughs> yeah your beloved Raiders My beloved Raiders and uh Notre Dame two and two um BYU 16th in the country this should be a good matchup at the neutral site BYU is such a weird team for me because Jaron Hall is an NFL quarterback and he looks every single bit of an NFL quarterback but, like, their offense struggles for some reason. Like, they struggled with Utah State last week. Yeah, terrible and Utah State team. Yeah, they didn't look good against it was Oregon tied. either. It was tied at halftime, I yeah, think. Yeah, 17-17. So, and I don't think it's on Jaron Hall because Jaron Hall's been playing good football. So, maybe it's an offensive coordinator switch or something is needed there. But, yeah, Jaron Hall impresses me. I think, he's, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's an NFL-level quarterback. And I don't think they should have any problems with Notre Dame. I think there was an interesting quote that came out uh, from the Notre Dame head coach. He was talking about how it's listed as a home game for Notre Dame, even knowing it's on, on a neutral site. And he talked about how there's going to be majority BYU fans. So he's basically prepping for an away game, even though it's a neutral site game. So Why is it listed like that? It's weird. They do it like there has to be a home team and an away team for some okay. reason, even knowing it's neutral site. So. For Notre Dame, it's listed as a Notre Dame home game, but you know it's that neutral site. So yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I think it will be majority BYU fans. You know they will make the trip. Uh, that's about a six-hour trip some to Las blackout, Vegas. Some new blackout jerseys. Yeah, there are new blackout kits or new blackout jerseys too. So we'll be interesting to see how how this game goes. But yeah, I like Jaron Hall and I like BYU to win this football game. I got Notre Dame. You know. Just because I was watching that Manti Teo documentary last got, night. Got so. y'all hyped up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic yeah. documentary, by the yeah. way. If you oh, yeah, watched, for sure. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. What's, what's it called again? It's called a... Uh, oh, I don't even know. I, just, I think you just search just, up yeah, just Manti, search Manti Teo, Teo doc. It's on Netflix. Great documentary. Kind of changed my perspective on Manti Teo, for sure. Gave him the respect he deserved. But, you know, the timing of me watching that documentary and making this pick, I got Notre Dame winning that one at the neutral site. Um, next one, number 20, Kansas State going at Iowa State. Yeah, this is actually a really good game. Uh, I think Iowa State is a really good 3-2 and two team. You know, they obviously lost on the road to Kansas and then lost at home to Baylor. So it's not like they've lost to, you know, bad football programs. They've just kind of come up a little bit short in both those games. Kansas State on the road, I'm not, I'm not too convinced with Kansas State still. You know, they have that loss to Tulane. Yeah, Adrian Martinez. I don't know why he didn't play like this when he was at Nebraska. Yeah. So at Nebraska, he looked terrible every week. So, well, Scott Frost, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. He makes everyone look bad. Yeah. But, um, now I just, I'm not too sold on Kansas State yet. I think I'd be a little bit more convinced if they got a big win on the road against Iowa State. I know Deuce Vaughn is a dog. You know, he's, he's going to the NFL next year. And then, you know, Adrian Martinez has played well of, of late, but that two-lane loss just sits with me a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this game goes. So I'm going to go Iowa State at home in Ames to uh, get an upset victory over Kansas State and maybe get themselves back on the right track. Interesting. I thought you picked Kansas State. I got to go at least one upset this week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Is that your first one? Uh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Okay, well, I, I got... 
I got Kansas State. I think Kansas State is a great team. They'll find a way to get it done on the road this weekend. Um, this is our last game. Pac-12, number 12, Oregon at Arizona. What's what's Arizona's um, what's our record so far? Uh, three and two. Three and two. Okay, they, that's not yeah, bad. They, uh, they lost to Cal in kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. So, so Oregon, they're making the trip to to Arizona, and they haven't won there since 2011. Yeah, they've only played two games, but you know they've lost their last two visits to Arizona. So I don't know. People can read into that any way they please, I guess. But it's a it's an interesting game for Oregon because. You know, they've been winning and they've been kind of doing their thing. But I still feel like people view them as, you know, the third, maybe even the fourth best team in the conference. So I know they played a, a late one with Stanford last week and didn't really seem to have any problems. But, you know, the schedule kind of ramps up a little bit for them after Arizona. You know, they got UCLA and then later down they got Washington and Utah and Oregon State. So I think Oregon wins this game over Arizona. I think Arizona is a much improved team from last year and I think Jaden Delora is is a great talent I just think you know maybe a year too soon for him but yeah I like Oregon to win on the road and that streak and get that first win in Arizona yeah I think Arizona has definitely been improved like you said but I got Oregon winning this one on the road just because they're more talented you know we've seen a lot from this team after that week one loss to uh that beat down from Georgia so I've been liking what I'm seeing from Bonix. And that squad, so I, I got Oregon winning that one. And should we transition into some playoff or some conference predictions? Let's do that first. Um, yeah, because my conference yeah. predictions were pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Texas or Oklahoma or something. Now they're not even ranked. They got Texas, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think I'm just gonna hand it off to you. I'll, I'll name the conference, and then you kind of give me like what you're feeling thus far. And uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with uh, ACC. ACC, let's go. Yeah, let's go ACC. Make it easy so, for you. ACC, I still got Clemson. You know, they've obviously have the wins over Wake Forest and NC State, which puts them in a pole position to win the conference. I do think there's a chance that they slip up and lose a game, which could make that race very interesting. So, but I, I think Clemson will still do it. I'm a big fan of Wake Forest. I like Sam Hartman. I think he's a, I think he's a great quarterback. Just tough that they already lost to them. Yeah, that just really hurts them. Yeah. So if, if Wake Forest wins that game, I think Wake Forest wins wins the conference. But but I think just that that head to head loss is going to hurt them. So yeah. that's why I got Clemson in the ACC. Okay, next one. Let's do the Big Twelve. You know, been interesting. Big Twelve. Been interesting so far. I think Kansas is leading the conference right now. Yeah, I got, I got some heat for this one on Twitter talking about it, but I picked TCU to win the conference. I like Max Duggan a lot. You know, he really does remind me of Andy Dalton, and I think I think TCU had a had a nice breakout win against um, Oklahoma over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I got them. But I, it is really hard to pick against Oklahoma State. I yeah, think you're Oklahoma disrespecting State, you're disrespecting Oklahoma State right now. Yeah, and I, I just talked about how they need more respect, but I don't know. I just I think Oklahoma State. You know what? Never mind. I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Oklahoma State. I'm gonna go Oklahoma oh, State to no. win the conference. Um, oh no! I think Spencer. I do think Spencer Saunders is an improved quarterback. I think he is more mature. So I think they were so close last year. I think they finally take that final step. Okay. And I think Oklahoma State does win the conference, even though I'm a huge lover of TCU. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if TCU gets it done either. 
So one of those t- two teams. We'll, we'll give you two picks there. Yeah, I need them. Yeah, yeah, you need <laughs> I'd them. Say I need them bad. So yeah. Okay, so he's got Oklahoma State and or TCU. Let's do the Big Ten. This would be an interesting one. Oh, Ohio State. Really? That's it? Yeah, I think I went with Penn State when I did my original one, but I don't know. It's just, it's so easy for Ohio State. They make it look so easy, you know? They haven't played anybody yet. Yeah, and I think we'll learn a lot about them in the next couple weeks for sure, but their offense just looks so so fluid, and like it's so easy for them. Whereas I think when I picked Penn State, they were coming off that Auburn win. But... It's just so easy for them. Like, I could see Penn State doing it too. If I could, if I could get two te- two teams in the Big Ten, I think it would be Ohio State and Penn State. You're not even talking about Michigan. I don't trust Michigan at all, dude. Why? I, I just don't. I think they're so one dimensional. I think, and I think they have been one dimensional for for a long time. You're gonna regret saying that because your Twitter's about to get blown up. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just a run team, you know. Yeah. If you stop the run, you stop the offense. You know, if you think back to that Ohio State game last year, I think they ran for. I think Hassan Haskins had like five touchdowns running the ball. So I just think Michigan is very one-dimensional. I don't think they're – I don't think their quarterback's that great. I saw that he had like one of the highest completion percentages in in the nation, and I could have it too if I'm throwing, you know, two-yard outs. Mm-hmm. And so – Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not very confident in Michigan. I think it's definitely Ohio State and Penn State, but okay. I got Ohio State with the nod right now because I just think their offense is too okay. good. And, and, I'm I think, sure and I think they are much improved on defense as well. Okay. And I'm sure that opinion will change, you know, maybe in two or three weeks. In like two days probably. Yeah, two days. <laughs> two days we'll drop a new episode with updated conference predictions. But the next one, Pac-12. I'm still going with Utah here. And I know that may be unpopular, but I think USC has shown their true colors the last couple weeks. They struggled with Oregon State, who – isn't a bad they're they're a good football team don't yeah. get me wrong especially at home but that offense was just it seemed human you know it seemed like you could do something against them and make them uncomfortable and you know that's kind of why I've I've been on the Utah Utah wave and I think a team that's surging right now is UCLA but I just I think UCLA is too poor on defense yeah. which is why I don't got them Oregon, I just, I don't, I'm not a Bo Nix believer. Never have been, never will be. So I think they have the athletes to cause some, cause some problems, but I don't know. I just don't think, I don't think Bo Nix is that guy. And then Washington, they really struggled. It's like night. Yeah. It's nice to see like, you know, five ranked teams and it should be six, you know, with Washington, Washington state, state, you yeah. know, for the conference. It's been a while since we've seen that from the Pac-12. No, yeah, but yeah, I think Utah is just the best of the bunch. I think they're they're an all-around football team. They play a they play really good defense, and their offense, even when they lost, you know, Brant Keithy, I think they're gonna still find ways to distribute the ball. And I, I really like Cam Rising as a game manager. I think you know he's not gonna he's not gonna win you games, but he's not gonna lose you games either. Yeah. So that's why oh, I like Utah. Yeah. So you got him like winning out. Going undefeated in pack play, or you think they'll drop a loss? I think they'll drop a game, but I don't think they'll beat a USC, which I think is the important one. Yeah. I could see them maybe losing on the road in Autzen to Oregon. Yeah. Or maybe like Wazoo on the road, but mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I don't think they'll lose to USC, which I think will be the big one. Completely unbiased. Completely unbiased pick. <laughs> like USC's the popular pick. So I could have, you know, went out there and said I like USC, but I think if I didn't pick Utah, I think 
the team that I like the most, I guess it would be USC. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's Utah or USC, but right now I got I got Utah just because USC has to come to Salt Lake City. Yeah. And I just think it's such a tough place to play. Yeah. So that'll be next week. Yeah, next week. That'll be good about that one. Um, last one, SEC. Alabama. 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 (laughs) So we saw what happened last time. Yeah, I don't I don't pick against them anymore. So Alabama's gonna win the SEC and Alabama's gonna win the national championship, baby. Let's go. Never lose. Never lose ever again. Nope. Nope. So yeah, Alabama, you know. I have I have the rule. You don't pick against Alabama. You just don't do it. And I picked against them, and I got burnt for it. So, yeah, I think Alabama, even with – I think Bryce Young plays this week. I think we talked about that earlier in the episode. Bryce Young plays this week. Even if he doesn't, I, th- I think he's – I think their backup quarterback is more than capable of winning against lesser SEC teams, but I think they will need Bryce Young to make a lesser. run. It's pretty savage. Yeah. Lesser. Well – Jimbo's going to be tuning in. He's going to take some disrespect to that. The quality between Alabama, Georgia, and even like Tennessee, who I really like at eight, the gap is so big. It really between, is. So you don't think Tennessee will make a run? Because they got I think they could. I think they could make a run. I just think. And that's at home, too. Tennessee. I at just home. I just think Bama's so, so good every single year. And it's literally a factory in Tuscaloosa. Yep. It's just a factory of NFL talent. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah, those are my updated They're picks. Just, yeah. So all right, cool. Well, we'll probably in a couple weeks, you know, we'll we'll make a full circle, and you know, see how his picks are doing so that, far. You got to write them down. Or yeah. Something. That, then I'll pick five new teams yeah. in a couple. Five weeks. Five <laughs> new teams in a couple weeks. So <laughs> um, let's do let's do a college football playoff rank or prediction. You know, before before we sign off, Alabama won. Ooh. Oklahoma State too. What? Dude, you had TCU ahead of them. Man, you're all over the place. I am all over the place. Because <laughs> I think I think whoever wins the Big Twelve gets in. So at two though, you Oklahoma State like... slash TCU. Weird. There, that's, that's Weird. a little bit better. When TCU loses this weekend, man, it's gonna be a rough episode on Sunday. Georgia three, and. Oh whoa! Never mind. Actually, whoa, whoa! Scratch, scratch it all. I forgot about Ohio State. Yeah, I was like, dude. Alabama one, Ohio State two, uh, Clemson three, Georgia four. Really? Never mind. Okay, yeah. so no Big Twelve. Nice. Never mind. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot Ohio State was a thing. I don't know why. Yeah, Ohio. St- Honestly, you could even convince me to go Ohio State one, Alabama two. No, because Alabama and Georgia will play in the SEC championship game. Yeah, so Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Georgia 4. Okay, I got the so. same. I got Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3 because I don't see them losing. And then maybe Ohio State loses, though, 1 and still gets in. Yeah, they still get in, though. Okay, so I got Bama 1. I got see, this Clemson is... 2 undefeated. And then okay. I've got, let's see, Ohio State at 3, and then I got Oak State at 4. Okay. See, this is why we need somebody to lose. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's like it's it's, it's hard. too hard to predict right now. Mm-hmm. So, so, and who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get one of those. This weekend's definitely not going to be Bama, but uh, or or any other weekend because they're yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We love Bama. Never <laughs> we picking will. against them. Never ever again. 
But I think that's going to wrap things up for our 11th episode. We appreciate you guys so much. You know, we appreciate the feedback. Check out our socials. Like we said earlier, you know, Instagram is at the play action pod. Twitter is play action pods, plural, until we fix that. And also drop a follow so that when we uh, release the episodes, you guys will get notified. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify. So we're across all the platforms. But yeah, um, hope you guys have a great weekend watching these games. And we will see you on Sunday.